Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get into today's episode, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. Hey everybody, this is Osama Dahoud. This is the 4040 Vision Podcast, the number one sports history podcast. And today I want to talk about boxing. Uh, huge boxing fan. I think boxing had an amazing year in 2023. Want to get into uh, the great things that happened in 2023, a comparable year from my perspective, uh, some of the money that's coming into boxing from Saudi Arabia and expectations for 2024 and how I think it could be uh, another year that could compete with the kind of year we had last year. So 2023 was was awesome. We had a lot of big fights, you know, the one that I think everyone had been waiting for for a long time, clearly Spence versus Crawford. Did the fight live up to expectations? Not really. It was, you know, it was a beat down. Spence, uh, Spence completely dominated by Terrence Crawford. And it looks like there'll be a rematch for that fight at some point here in 2024. Uh, we wanted it. We got it. Wasn't the fight we expected, but the fact that we got it was, I think, a huge achievement for boxing altogether. Uh, Crawford being first time undisputed, pound for pound number one, uh, an awesome achievement for him, and uh, he doesn't have too many fights left. So I think we we can only appreciate him while he's while he's still active. Next up was Naoa Inoue, who you know these two guys were neck and neck for fighter of the year, pound for pound, depending on who you ask, because Crawford only fought once, Inoue fought uh, a few times, and he was. Dominant. He went undisputed twice as well uh, with Martin Topalis and Stephen Fulton, and it didn't even look like he was in any trouble. There were the Topalis fight was tough, but the Fulton was complete domination. Just an awesome fighter. He's like you know modern day Manny Pacquiao. How he hits hard from different angles. He's got good boxing. His defense is is pretty good. Uh, he's just an incredible fighter, and he likes to be active. He's a superstar in Tokyo. All of his fights have been in Tokyo in, in the, for the most part, save for a couple during the, the pandemic in the U.S. where he had some fights in Vegas. So Neo Inoue, super excited for what he brings, and we'll get into expectations for him a little bit later. Uh, Tank Davis, again, or Abdul Wahid, depending who you ask, against Ryan Garcia did unbelievable pay-per-view numbers. If you look at like a list of the top pay-per-views, it's like Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather McGregor, uh, Khabib McGregor, uh, maybe a couple others I'm forgetting. And this fight's like up there. It's in like the top 15 or so. And it was okay fight. Like Tank Davis was incredible. But I think it was awesome that boxing was able to find a fight with arguably the face of boxing and Tank Davis and a very popular fighter in Ryan Garcia, who I think is, is some, is a level, <laughs> a level is, is saying, saying, uh, is being nice. A couple levels below Tank Davis. Uh, and that was great. Uh, so looking forward to what those guys do this year. That was awesome for 2023. Uh, Devin Haney broke out. Say what you want about the Lomachenko fight. He lost the fight. The best he could have got was a draw against Lomachenko. But it'll always say in the history books that he beat Lomachenko. Um, that was a, huge for him defending undisputed. And then he dropped his undisputed titles, went up to 140. Uh, and I went to this fight here in the Bay Area. It dominated Regis Progre. Uh, very impressive. And we'll see what Devin Haney brings up this year, but it was he he looked great. It, that Lomachenko fight was competitive, even though Lomachenko uh, landed the more cleaner punches and had Haney's defense all in a blender. 
uh, Haney looked good this year. So we'll see um, he if he's able to get more big fights this year. It's been kind of weird with the Ryan Garcia thing to start off the year, uh, jumping between Roley Romero and, and Devin Haney. I expect he'll still put on some good fights this year. Uh, ben, Rob, ben Rodriguez making pound for pound was was uh, quite an achievement. The way he dominated Sonny Edwards when, was a f- hard fought, you know, uh, was it, nine, ten rounds. Uh, but huge for a guy at that weight to break into the top ten pound for pound. Uh, and I believe they're trying to work a fight with him and Estrada. So, I mean, that's awesome that Matchroom is, is making those fights with him. Uh, Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron fought two awesome fights last year, both in Ireland. Hats off to Chantel Cameron for going into Ireland and actually beating Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor's first loss in her career, I believe. Uh, I might. I hope I'm not wrong there. Um, and then they had the rematch, and Katie Taylor fought her heart out and and won the belts back. And so they're going to fight a third time. I'm I'm looking forward to that trilogy. Uh, but awesome, awesome fights. Tiafimo Lopez really showed out. I think that there are a lot of questions about him after the Sandra Martin fight wasn't great. And then uh, he goes up to 140 against Josh Taylor, who's like no slouch. He won undisputed himself. And I was skeptical because of the size difference, but Teofimo showed out. He dominated Josh Taylor. That was crazy. I was wiggling around and lunging while throwing punches. And he looks like, a, a top 10 guy again, like he did when he beat Lomachenko uh, a few years ago. He's got some big fights. He's got Jermaine Ortiz coming up uh, next month, in a few weeks at the, at the time of this recording. Um, and we'll, and it's, 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 hopefully he keeps putting on big fights. Like Jermaine Ortiz is a good, like, all right, this is a tough fight. Now can you go after the Devin Haney's of the world? He's talking about Bud Crawford, which is ambitious. To say the least, he's Tio. Tio's an interesting guy, great fighter. I'm being nice saying interesting guy, but yeah, but a huge year for him. Archer Betterbeev, Anthony Yard was a war. Betterbeev's a monster. Jaime Munguia and uh, Sergey Derevchenko was one of those fights of the year. Luis Neri and uh, Azat, Azat Hovasani, Ho, Ho, uh, I'm I'm bad. Neri against Azat. Okay, it was a great fight. <laughs> <laughs> I should have practiced that shit. Uh, great fight. Nakatani just destroying Andrew Maloney. Uh, Rafael Espinoza, that was crazy what he did against uh, Robesi Ramirez, how he like rallied in the 12th round and threw more punches to seal the fight. Uh, that was awesome. I hope they, they run that back this year. Uh, we saw the end of Showtime, which was sad. Showtime put on a lot of big fights over the, I think it was like 37, 40 years, something like that. Uh, and we have the Day of Reckoning card, which uh, will carry some some weight here and what I talk about uh, in this episode. Now, real quick, other, I would say, great calendar years of boxing. Uh, 2013, Floyd Canelo, Floyd Guerrero, uh, Mikey Garcia, Orlando Salido, De- uh, Danny Garcia, Lucas Matisse, Carl Frog, Mikel Kessler, and George Groves. Uh, Bernard Hopkins uh, coming back as an older man and beating Travoris Cloud. Bradley Provodnikov, great fight. Rio Salvador 2, Pacquiao Rios, Mikey Garcia fought. Zab Judo, Juan Manuel Lopez, uh, and, and, and previously uh, Matisse, uh, Bronin Maidana, Arisendli Lara, Alfredo Angulo, uh, and 
this was a at least here in the Bay Area because Nonito Donaire is a local guy. This was a popular fight here against Guillermo Rigondeaux, and he, it was like fighting a stun gun. <laughs> How he neutralized Donaire in that way. So 2013 was was a crazy year of fighting, um, and 2023 was one of those years that really rivaled uh, 2013 as like a banner year for boxing of just putting on really really good fights. Transitioning seamlessly. Uh, Saudi money is in boxing. We've seen Saudi money go into uh, some other places like the English Premier League. Um, I'm just going to say the English Premier League because I, I blanked out. Oh, Lotus Motors, uh, car company. Um, but yeah, Saudi boxing. So Saudi Arabia is it has historically been an oil-dependent economy. Uh, right now, the government's running a massive program called Vision 2030. It's a very ambitious program that's growth driven to diversify the economy, increase foreign direct investment, which is important and in, in many ways will increase global engagement in Saudi Arabia, which has been pretty like Muslim exclusive for a long time. So I think things like this are, it's an understandable strategy. You know, they've been hosting Barcelona and Real Madrid games, Formula One games. They had uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder, one of those fights. I think they had Joshua Ruiz at one point. They've had, they, uh, they had a concert. I think it was like Nicki Minaj or something like that. So they've been trying to bring other forms of entertainment to the country um, to, okay, come over here. We like to have fun here too. And, you know, their neighbors, the United Arab Emirates, relaxed business rules. It was very, say you wanted to like open a business in, in Dubai, you needed a lot, you had to go through a lot of loopholes. You had to have someone locally sign off on your business. Uh, they've relaxed those rules to make it a lot easier. So Saudi Arabia has clearly been following suit to do that, especially with the global economy transitioning to a lot of renewable energy. Uh, it's smart for them to diversify in this way. So <clears throat> increasing their economic mode, all that good stuff, I think is, isn't very necessary. Enter his excellency, Turkey Al-Sheikh. Uh, he's the chairman of entertainment for Saudi Arabia. And this is a guy who loves boxing. Uh, if, I think if a lot of us fans wanted to run boxing a certain way, this is how we would do it, where it's all about bringing the best fights, there's no ducking. There's no promotional BS or cross-promotional BS. Who's the A-side versus the B-side? Who walks out first? Who walks out second? Uh, what's the split on revenue? The egos getting in the way, that's out the window. A-side, B-side, that's out the window. The money here brings promotions together seamlessly. Seamlessly. Like the Dmitry Bivol, Artur Berbiev, was agreed, Bivol agreed before Better Be of Five. So what they do is they go to each side individually, cut separate deals. Like Jay Opataya, I think, has his own five fight deal just to fight in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and they they cut these deals separately and everyone gets the money they want. How much do you want? Okay, is that it? That's what it's going to take? Okay, here you go. It's like a blank check for boxing, uh, which is something boxing's been missing. You look at that Arthur better be of Dimitri Bivol fights, a prime example of like, based on the money these guys want, we don't think as promoters that we can get the money that this fight uh, expects, like what the fighters expect. And obviously like the, the, the classification of those two guys, 
that's how boxing is. It's like, I don't think we can get that fight to where we want it to be. But here we go with, 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 with Turkey Ali Sheikh saying, I'll make this fight happen. If everybody wins their fights, I'll make it happen. Uh, it's pay-per-view agnostic. It's like, who cares? We'll pay for it. And you saw Day of Reckoning. The fight was like $40. And you could say as a drawback that maybe the U.S. is not having fights here. But if they're not making the fights at all, who the hell cares? Uh, it's it's uh, it, it's it's going to change the game. The best can fight the best, and no bullshit. It, and I think that it opens the door for a lot of interesting ideas. We've already seen Turkey Al Sheikh say matchroom promotions against Queensbury promotions. Is that going to deliver? We don't know. But it, I like the the creativity. I respect the ambition um, on trying to make things like this happen. We haven't had a tournament in a long time. Could we see? Dare I say? A 140-pound tournament, like we had with the uh, the super middleweight tournament uh, ter- tournament a few years ago. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity here, um, and I think that Saudi Arabia, with the investment they have, this blank checkbook that they're willing to put into boxing, I think it's it's really going to change uh, the way boxing works. And what happens to the U.S. market? I don't think really matters that much. You know, maybe here you could say that uh, Saudi Arabia says, all right, we'll make a fight in the U.S. if X, Y, and Z. Or I think one of the things that's been uh, tricky with the Saudi Arabia fights is they come on in the morning here in the West Coast, kind of in the afternoon in the East Coast, and they could run for most of the day. That day of reckoning card was like an NFL uninterrupted day of red zone. It ran from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Took up my whole day. It was it was fun, those fights. Um, but that's that's asking a lot of your audience, uh, ultimately. So maybe they start doing some of these fights in the middle of the day there. It's really hot there, though, so I can understand the idea of having them at night there, morning here. I don't know. We're not going to have any say in it. Uh, but either way, they're making the fights happen, <clears throat> excuse me, that we couldn't make happen here in the u.s very quickly <laughs> like bivol better be have a huge example fury Usyk is happening that that was a fight that like ah where are we going to get the money for this because it's a boxer versus a boxer none of that shit matters they are going to put on the best fights so here's what i'm expecting for for 2024 uh i think that there's opportunity with uh the kind of your boxing hat i think that you know oscar de la Hoya has been very vocal about bringing promoters together, it would not be amazing if all the dependency was on just Saudi Arabia. Uh, PBC has the Amazon deal. That's going to have 12 to 14 fights a year. Matchroom runs a ton of, card, a ton of cards every year. Top rank uh, always puts on fights, whether they're, they're in Saudi Arabia or here. So uh, well, here's what I'm expecting. I think uh, Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, I'm expecting that to be a a good fight for undisputed heavyweight. There hasn't been an undisputed heavyweight in the four belt era, I believe. Lennox Lewis was the last undisputed heavyweight champ over 25 years ago. Uh, I'm ex- hoping, hoping that Canelo Alvarez fights David Benavidez. Hoping for it because uh, I feel like Canelo's been this guy's been in his, his crosshairs for a while. Benavidez wants to fight the Mexican monster. He's mean. He's freaking huge. He he hits hard. He bullies his opponents. Like what he did to Caleb Plant and Bubu Andrade was crazy. And 
I hope Canelo wants to smoke. Canelo hasn't been shy in the past. He's he fought Triple G twice, three times, something that no one else can say. Uh, so I hope that fight happens. Uh, if it doesn't happen this May, the rumors are it'll happen. Canelo does the Cinco de Mayo and then like somewhere close to Mexico Independence Day. So hopefully if it doesn't make the May card, uh, it makes the September card. I think Terrence Crawford's going to fight Earl Spence again. I was a little skeptical of that. I thought Crawford might maybe fight one more time because this has kind of just been this lull when the PBC signs this Amazon deal. And... They're both back in the gym. Crawford is doing some jump rope uh, a few days ago, singing Change Gonna Come. So I hope they run it back and it's a better fight. Did the first fight, does it make you want to jump out of your chair like it did uh, when you heard the first fight was announced? Right now, no. But who's, we'll see. if it is it at 154? What kind of Spence shows up? Et cetera. We'll see. Uh, love to see Neo Inoue fight a few more times this year. He's fighting Luis Neri in May. Love this guy. Uh, but he's willing to push himself and, t- and take on big, exciting fights. They're all in Tokyo. Super understandable that they're in Tokyo. He's a megastar there. They'll fill up arenas. They're fighting at the Tokyo Dome, which fills up like 50,000 plus. So I get it. People, as long as people are willing to go there, everybody gets paid because uh, he's popular there. It makes sense. It's why some guys will like host fights in the UK or in Australia. I'd love for him to fight here again. It was kind of weird because he fought during the pandemic in like these empty arenas with like nobody in there. Uh, it wasn't the, the best time. I I'd imagine they made those fights in advance and he had a plan to fight here in the States. Uh, but hopefully he comes back. A lot of fighters travel to uh, and fought outside of the U.S., for example. Like Muhammad Ali fought in like the Philippines. He fought in Africa. He fought in the U.K. Uh, a lot of fighters do love to travel. They don't have to. Uh, it'd just be nice so I can go see him. I don't know if I'm going to go to Tokyo, but I'd love to go see him here in Vegas or something like that. Cowboy Stadium, you know. Uh, I think there's going to be three to four more big cards in Saudi Arabia. We already have AJ against Nganu. Whether that delivers or not remains to be seen. Um, but I'm hoping that does. Uh, this is going to be the Queensberry Matchroom uh, cross promotion tournament. That's cool. I th- we're going to have better be of Bivol. So I- I'm expecting at least one more big card. Maybe it's Haney, Tank Davis, Tank Davis, Haney. Who gives a shit what order it's in? But that could be a Saudi fight. It doesn't have to be. That's, I think, big enough to happen here if the- both guys win their next fight. Uh, but I'm hoping that, you know, Saudi keeps putting on these big cards. Uh, I'm predicting that a tournament will be announced. Um, I hope it's at 140. I don't know if it'll happen. But 140 just has this murder of row of guys on their prime. But I think if it's not 140, we'll see it somewhere else. Like maybe like with the lighter weight class. Or maybe the heavyweight weight classes. Because if Tyson Fury or Usyk go undisputed... There's a rematch clause. We'll see how AJ shakes out against uh, Nganu. And then Joseph Parker is fighting Zhili uh, Zhang. Fireworks, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, a tournament would be, would be fantastic to see those back in boxing. Um, uh, Tia Fimo fighting Haney was something I put on here. I, I know I talked about Davis, but I think that's also one that's been brewing for years those guys have been back and forth for a while I think everyone's been back and forth with tia female but that would be 
a huge fight in terms of skill level. Excited for Cameron Taylor three, Shakur Stevenson redemption. I I'm expecting that. I think he's going to have to make us forget about the Dillos Santos fight. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a great fighter. I'm sure he wasn't something wasn't right, or maybe there's something he saw in Dillos Santos where he's like, I'm going to be fight. I'm going to fight this a very certain way, and maybe his speed is too much. We don't know, but it just didn't look good. It was a boring fight. So I, I think he'll he'll come back this year and make us forget about it and be back in that conversation of uh, really, really exciting, you know, uh, young talent. At, what is he at, 135 now? So we'll see. Um, less ducking overall. I'd like to see less ducking. I think boxing ratings, boxing ratings will go up. Uh, the first card on PBC uh, is, is coming out. Keith Thurman against uh tim zoo and then roly romero isaac cruz it's not a super strong card on the optimistic side i think that's by design it's just like a test like let's see how we promote the event let's see how it, the execution of it you know everywhere the promotion how the pay-per-view runs what numbers the pay-per-view does uh how well does the production look the stream all that shit i think is more so a test for this being on pay-per-view it's not great i'm a boxing addict i'll buy the fight it's fine, uh, but they have several other cards that are going to that are planned for this year. Javante Davis, Abdul Wahid in the summer, Kano Alvarez in May. Uh, they'll get. They're going to be some fights that are free too throughout the year. So I, I, I'm hoping that that plays a huge part in it. Um, yeah, I hope it's all about the fights. Is what I'm trying to say. Is that 2023 was a fantastic year, and I think 2024 has a lot of promise to be. Another big year in boxing. Uh, tell me what you all think. You know, comment in this section below. Like, subscribe. I made some mistakes here. Forgive me. It's been a while since I did a podcast, but I do appreciate it. Uh, I'll have more boxing content this year. MMA. We do a lot of cool stuff here on Forty Forty. We do um, uh, historical lookbacks, like top five what ifs, uh, hypotheticals of a franchise. Uh, we do. Uh, top five moments. Uh, we do a lot of interviews with interesting folks around all kinds of world of sports. Like we've talked to Mohsen Kaysen, who's a boxer. We've talked to uh, Mushtaba Al Judah, who works for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we've talked to Mushing Magazine. Like you want to talk about dog sledding? Uh, we got that shit. We got uh, Dave Zirin, who's one of the best writers uh, in America. So check it out. We have a lot. A lot of it's evergreen. Uh, I had to talk about this just because boxing just had such a big year. I cheated by throwing in the 2013 part, but I think the overall with the Saudi money in boxing, there's just a lot of cool shit that's going to happen this year. So uh, thanks again. You'll hear from me again soon, and I'm out. See you.